0: Hi everyone, uh, my name is Dustin
1: and I'm Lakeisha
0: and it's another episode of the cold beer and cool movie podcast, A podcast about the beer snobbery and movie nerdery recorded from our home here in Portland, Oregon.
1: I, I just am going to say we are not beer snobs. We are just connoisseurs of beer.
0: Same difference. I not feel, quite. I feel we are, yeah. But anyway, uh, this week, in, in, uh, in anticipation of the next big uh, big blockbuster movie uh, coming into theaters, uh, we watched Deadpool, revisited uh, Deadpool in advance of Deadpool 2 that we're going to see this ne- next weekend. So it was pretty fun. Yeah. Looks, looking forward to seeing the sequel. It looks pretty great, too. Um, now, before we get into the movie, we always do have a couple of beers to try. And this time we are uh, each having a beer from the same place.
1: Yes. Uh, today is uh, Mother's Day. We're recording this on Mother's Day. And, yeah. you know, what doesn't say, what says Mother's Day, you know, more than Deadpool, really? Um, Many things. We're <laughs> but yes, earlier today we spent uh, the afternoon out with um, my mom today, yep. so hi mom, at one of the McMinimins in the area, and while we were there, we um, decided to pick up a couple of their beers. One is a staple, so yep. you have one of their consistent year-round beers, and I have one of their seasonals.
0: Now, have we done a McMinimins, um before on the podcast? I'm not sure that we have. Uh, McMinimins is a Pacific Northwest staple yes one would argue they have uh the McMiniman brothers uh products of oregon state university have many many uh McMiniman's places around the pacific northwest uh 25 different breweries according to the websites mm-hmm. uh started in 1985 uh their most recent brewery opened just a couple years ago up in bothell washington and uh that's they've made like Thousands of batches of beer. I forget. I thought I writ- wrote it down. Uh, they made sixty eight over sixty-eight thousand batches of beer. Wow! Since they started producing, and really cool places. Apologies for the monster dog in the background. We <laughs> can't control her sometimes. Um, and a, a lot of cool places. They have places to stay, hotels, restaurants, etc. And we got married in one. Yes. So that's where we were today.
1: Um, I think one of the things that is pretty um, cool about McMenamins is that they tend to take um, old buildings and yeah. renovate them to create these incredibly cool, um, incredibly cool buildings where they are able to kind of both honor the history of the building, but then just create something that is just kind of cool and... And, uh, I don't know, funky. Bohemian. They're, yes. It always
0: comes to mind in those places when they look at the decor. hmm Yeah.
1: They're all very unique structures. And then they have that consistent uh, bohemian, if you will, style. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they're a lot of fun. If you are in the Pacific Northwest and you ever um, have the opportunity to go to a McMinimins, I highly recommend it. They're fun. They often have... Secret rooms or secret bars yeah. or
0: in their hotels they in do, their hotels,
1: sure. um, and so it's just a it's a it can be a really fun atmosphere.
0: And if you go to their website, you can see they produce a lot of different beers, and you'll mm-hmm. have you'll never know what they're going to have on tap from place to place. Right, so it can be they they have three or four staples that are at all of them, but then if you who knows what they're going to have otherwise. Mm-hmm. That they're making that are on tap.
1: Yeah, it's like their staples are the Ruby, mm-hmm,
0: the Hammerhead,
1: the and the Terminator King. Stout.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and then everything else tends to be some sort of seasonal beer. That um, and depending on which um, hotel or restaurant you're at, if it's a brewery or if it's just a restaurant, um, they'll have all sorts of creative. Uh, different beers there as well Yeah. in addition to the fact that they have um, several sites that are also wineries and distilleries so they produce mm-hmm. their own wine and um, spirits
0: yeah i uh, used uh, one of their whiskeys as a gift for some of my groomsmen when we That's got married correct. they also have a coffee roaster
1: I mean, yes they do so they,
0: they yeah, so have incredible many little, talents incredible little empire that exists up here in the northwest now, uh, but you have one of their special seasonals.
1: I do. I have what is called the Fog Witch. Yeah. Um, and it's an IPA. Um, of course, you know when you go to the breweries, you don't always get all of their information because you're not drinking anything out of a bottle. Um, but this is this is one of their hoppier IPAs. Yeah, it's got they a nice... make
0: stuff mellow. Yes. When it comes to yeah.
1: And this has a nice little bite to it. Mm-hmm. It's really, um, it's pretty pale, I would say, for an IPA um, in terms of the color. Um, but yeah, it's got ni- a nice little, that hoppy bitterness um, that I really like in yeah. a good, strong IPA. So um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I wish I knew how many IBUs were in it, but I don't.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I am having uh, their one of their mainstays, the Terminator Stout. Ooh, yes. Because so we were trying things. I was like, you know, all these IPAs that we're trying, they're all starting to taste a little bit the same. I really want to do something different. Um, and the Terminator Stout, it, you can get it at any McMinimins. They always have it there. Uh, from the website, it says, It's black as the darkest night and as rich as the most decadent dessert. Terminator is for the true stout lover. This is a full-bodied and flavor-packed ale that draws its robust complexity from kiln-baked specialty grains. Look for a wide array of toasted, chocolate, nutty, and coffee-like flavors in every pint. The devoted swear by it, and it remains one of McMenamins' top-selling beers year after year. Mm-hmm. And it is all of those things. Uh, it's only it's 6.45 alcohol by volume. So when you hear the name Terminator Stout, if you Never had it before, you think, oh man, that'll mess you up. Uh, but it's not as strong as all that. But it still is very full flavored, tastes really great. Only 30 IBUs. So mm-hmm. it's not very, like any stout, it's not very bitter. But uh, very smooth and uh, very uh, easy drinking stout. Like, nice. So yeah, I, I've always liked it ever since I first had it. <laughs> I will years say. Years back.
1: I just. Uh... Looked up uh, the Fog Witch IPA online while we were talking. Yep. And this wanted me to believe, um, untapped, wants me to believe that this has only 10 IBUs. No. Which is, yeah, absolutely not true. So um, I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging and find out what, you know, exactly how hoppy it is. Because I know it's way hoppier than ten. Oh, for sure. So um anyway. It's good, it's it's great. So that's my That's our beer. Yeah. Thanks, McMinimins.
0: Oh, I just found it. Yeah, the website, the McMinimins website also says it's only ten IBUs. That can't be right.
1: Yeah, something's wrong there.
0: We disagree. Yes. McMinnimans, you are wrong about your own beer. Okay. So uh, that we've discussed what we're drinking during the podcast, a couple of movie things to talk about, movie news things, if you will. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, well, a uh, thing that we're going to revisit from Infinity War, This is an article that we've both seen, where the directors, the Russo brothers, uh, were asked about uh, other Marvel Cinematic Universe characters that weren't in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, what's their fate after after the finger snap? You know, and Thanos, uh, you know, turns half of humanity into Ash or whatever it was. Right. You know, so they had like a list of these other characters and were in like Randa and like, oh, yep, this person survived, this person did it, etc., etc. And I wonder, my question is, do you really think they have like, they actually made a list of all the other like ancillary MCU characters and had like a little check mark whether or not they were dead or alive? Or as they were asked this question, they were just kind of like off the top of their head. Sure, they're alive. Nope, they're not.
1: Um, given the level of detail that um, that Marvel goes into, it would not surprise me if that were true. If the Russo brothers, when filling in this whole uh, universe that Thanos is now going to destroy half of the population of, it would not surprise me at all. If, yeah, they sat down and were like, "Okay, let's go through everybody who's not in this vault in this first half that they're gonna ask us about, and like because we're gonna have to somehow account for them in the in the second movie
0: mm. see i'm I w- i that makes a lot of sense. you're probably right. I'm hoping that that it's the latter, and they're just making it up as they went because I wasn't I was a little bummed out by some of the people they decided are dead. Um, so and maybe you know what, and maybe they're lying. Hopefully they're lying.
1: <laughs> what do you mean, like that Jane Foster?
0: Particularly. Uh, oh well, they, that was spoiler. That was they didn't say for sure about but her. But Betty Ross, Betty Betsy Ross, Sif. hmm Um, those two in particular.
1: Well, they had to kill off Lady Sif because we haven't seen her.
0: They didn't have to. I, I feel like to? it was,
1: like, their way of excusing the fact that she wasn't in Thor Ragnarok. She's clearly, you know, like, she was off-world and then she dies and she, you know. They could still have her
0: off-world. She's off doing something with Beta Ray Bill, whom they have yet to introduce, but clearly exists because there was a statue of him. That is true. So, I know. And then they could, of course, you know, they could always find a way to resurrect, you know, which Sure is coming. Right.
1: Somebody, well, clearly some people have to be resurrected.
0: Yes. Um, all right, so the other thing is I asked you to, uh, watch the, one of the new trailers that came out this week of a, of a summer movie. I think it, maybe it comes out in the fall actually, uh, was the next, uh, Predator movie simply yes. called The Predator directed by Shane Black of Iron Man 3 fame. He directed that movie.
1: Mm, I did not know that.
0: Yeah. also i think i believe he has a small he had a small role in the original predator as i recall he has some sort of connection to the first movie but anyway you saw you watched the trailer not too long ago i i mean i like the first predator movie a lot it's like one of i think it's one of the great action movies uh all the sequels have been mediocre to disappointing so i was kind of looking forward to this especially with shane black making it because he's i think he's a pretty good filmmaker I found this trailer kind of underwhelming. What did you think?
1: Well, so it seems to me that they are going to make the essentially what they're going to do is they're going to make this movie kind of more um, snarky and try and build like the humor into the you know action horror of the actual movie of predator Mm -hmm. um because that has seems to be like the way many movies have been trending is you have to have you know a healthy dose of sarcasm and humor in order to go before you can go and fight the big bad so it just seemed to me like that's what they were trying to do with it Mm -hmm. is show off that this is good yeah this is going to be an action movie but you know we've got our we've got our humor in there and our jokes and so that's kind of what it seemed like to me. So
0: yeah, and all that sort of thing. That's also very Shane Black. I mean, and besides Iron Man three, he, he he was also the director of the Nice Guys. Hmm. Well, that, that we was good. Really like. Yeah, that's uh, pretty funny.
1: But uh, at the same time, I mean, that but, was kind uh, of the power of the original Predator, right? Is that yeah. the original Predator was. You know, yeah. pretty scary and intense. And maybe yes. I'm just thinking about it as scary and intense because I was a child when I saw it. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's my memory of it. Is Mine it was too. it was more horror action mm-hmm. than action horror. You know, so I feel like this is. And I I'm not seeing anything about what it's rated.
0: Yeah, it probably hasn't been yet.
1: So yeah. I'm wondering if this is going to be something that's going to come out and be rated PG-13. PG-13.
0: Oh, I bet it is, and that'll be a because the original, of course, was rated R, right? Uh, and it just I don't know, just story wise, it looks I don't know.
1: They started the movie with a cute kid.
0: Yeah.
1: Or, I mean, the trailer with the a trailer. cute kid. Yeah. Uh, really, it's probably going to be PG-13.
0: Yeah. All right, well, really, that's all I was going to bring up um, movie news-wise. So uh, if you are ready, I guess we can go get into uh, Deadpool. All right, let's go. Okay, so we've each come up with uh, three of our favorite things about this movie. We haven't discussed them with each other beforehand. And uh, spoiler alert for a movie that's a couple years old. Right. This movie
1: it? came out in 2016, so if you haven't seen this movie yet and you're afraid of spoilers, you might want to pause. Um, Or just recognize that the movie came out in 2016 and the spoilers are totally fine at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. All right. So um, I think I went first last week. Yes, you did. So what do you have? All
1: right. Um, My first thing that I like about this is um, I like the opening credits. Mm -hmm. I just think those opening credits are hilarious because they don't identify anybody by name they're very i mean that was like the first time i'd ever seen credits like that yeah and um it was really creative and kind of set the tone for the movie in that it is not this is not going to be your typical like superhero movie right you know and there's all the the foreshadowing in of the major fight scene because that's it's all um you know, short clips yeah. of...
0: Well, it's all, like, fro- the frame is all... It's all, like, everything. everybody's paused. Right. As the camera kind of revolves around all these characters in the, in the midst of a, of a big chaotic action right. set piece.
1: So, I mean, so it kind of sets it up, like, oh, what is that? What's happening? How did that happen? And it's kind of comic book freeze frame yeah, like the
0: panels of kind of the comic.
1: Um, but then they've got... These great lines, you know, the comic relief, Um, a hot chick, a moody teen, a a CGI character, Mm -hmm. gratuitous cameo. Um, And so it just was a really, really great way to set up the movie. And I mean, Deadpool broke a lot of um, kind of expectations about what a superhero movie needed to be, you know, in terms of being rated R um in terms of you know just people were a little curious about Deadpool in the first place yeah. um the fact that it really only made it to the big screen because of a short you know like uh, fan fiction no, creation it, that Ryan Reynolds did
0: it was a proof of concept proof, yeah proof what of they of called it yeah but.
1: so um you know so there were a lot of, there was it was already going to be kind of an unexpected movie with you know the antihero, and so then to have these opening credit scenes where they don't even list anybody's name, no one by name, yeah, no one by name, was just fantastic. I just love it, and I love that um, you know there's lots of references to Hugh Jackman as the sexiest man alive, um, People Magazine,
0: ja- a lot of Hugh Jack- Hugh Jackman jokes throughout,
1: right. Um, but yet in the opening credits, it's, it's Ryan Reynolds, Sexiest Man Alive cover right, from 2010, right. which just kind of made me
0: laugh too. Like,
1: you know, he's got a good humor, um, sense of humor about himself too.
0: Yeah. And I really liked that the, they say the movie was written by the real heroes. Right. You know, cause as I b- b- recall, um, Ryan Reynolds, like they've got the screenwriters, he paid them. He continued to pay those guys out of his own pocket for years. To to keep to keep working on the project, like they wrote a different draft of the movie every year, going back Mm -hmm. till I forget how long far back.
1: Well, and he ended up also paying them to come onto set during filming, so they could make uh, suggestions and adaptations as you were as they were going through. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's impressive enough, but I mean, when you also just think about the fact that like this was filmed in what forty eight days
0: yeah it was really pretty it was it's it's considering like how much money it made and how much the how big a budget most of these superhero movies have these days it was very low budget
1: right so i just think that was kind of cool um but yeah the parody titles were were great and it just it really set up the movie to be something you could laugh at and because you're laughing in the opening credits
0: Mm -hmm. yeah all right so for uh my first thing uh it's, it's not exactly um, Borrowing Yours, but there's, in a way, I like how uh, the story is told in a nonlinear way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So from the opening credits, the story, you're already in media res, as they say. You're in the middle of the story that they're telling. Right. From the opening credits. And then eventually there's a flashback to the cab ride that gets him to this action sequence. And then eventually there's another flashback to wade wilson prior to becoming deadpool and everything that led up to this big action set piece on the freeway Mm -hmm. it just it bounced and i really like stories that are told this way where they not just start at point e story ends at point b you know and those stories are fine you know but something that can bounce around time wise like this and have it work because you watch the movie you're never confused about what's going on Mm-hmm. You're never like, oh wait, now what's happening now? What didn't? Why is this happening? You know, you're never confused. So it's oh, they find a way to keep it all straight, even though they're kind of jumping around in the timeline of the story. It's done really well to great effect. Uh, it may, helps make it keep it fresh and really funny. Um, so yeah, just how they tell it in a nonlinear way.
1: Yeah, and that's pretty good because I have to say I have. Definitely, kind of gotten over the whole flashback uh, storytelling um, process. Like, I feel like it is being overused or, or used poorly in a lot of TV shows and even some movies. You know, you can almost kind of go through and be like, oh, oh, wait, setting it up, setting it up, setting up. Flashback time. Um, so I have kind of gotten a little tired of that. But I think what I liked about the way that Deadpool did it is that it's set up so that they do their, um, like he does the flashbacks, but ultimately all of those flashbacks happen um, and they're all connected during to essentially the opening credits scene where they have all mm-hmm. those freeze frames of the the battle. And this is simply like he catches everybody up. By the time he jumps off the bridge. Yeah. Um, which is only really about halfway to two-thirds of the way through the movie. Mm-hmm. So that that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so they did do it really well. I would I would agree.
0: Yeah, like in another movie, that action sequence would, you know, it would just happen, you know, like a third of the way through it would take up 10 minutes and that would be it or 15 right. minutes or whatever. And in this, they actually take this big action sequence and it's – and it, it it takes place, in like a, throughout the movie, like, right? Like they keep coming back to it, and it's not over yet. So it's pretty. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's pretty fun.
1: I agree. It was pretty good. Um. All right. So my number two. Is um my number two is the fight between Angel and Colossus near okay. the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I I don't always know how I feel about Colossus. Every time I watch this movie, I. I either like him or I roll my eyes at him at the level of the uber boy scout that he plays in yeah. this movie. Um, and But I, I think part of me... But regardless, I like this scene in particular. Even though he walks up like, oh, I don't want to hit a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And she just plows him into the ground, you know? Um, but then they end up... I mean, they have a really decent fight scene And, um, for somebody who, who starts out by saying, I don't want to hit a woman, you know, there's a point in time where she like wraps her legs around and she's trying to like do something. I don't even know. Um, and he just picks her up and like slams her into the top of a car in the Mm -hmm. junkyard a couple of times and like throws her. And I'm just like that. I mean, it's pretty impressive fight scene. And it's really impressive, um, you know, that there's that combination of actual fight scene and CGI character in there. Mm -hmm. And um, what is it? Gina Carano is quite good. um, For a UFC fighter. Right. Just um, being a stoic badass, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't really see her being, like, overly, like, not overly... Either feminine or like non-feminine, she just kind of is his bodyguard. Yeah. Um, or Ajax's body bodyguard, but then you know, there's the scene where she like falls out of her corset top, and Colossus is like, "Oh, so oh embarrassed, oh. right? You know, he's he super embarrassed. Like somehow he can handle getting anything." um in a fight except a woman's boob um but just
0: (laughs) punching her in the face and smashing her into cars or whatever but you know totally fine wardrobe malfunction is like oh
1: yeah oh oh my goodness and then she's all like oh that is so sweet like she says it so genuinely like thank you I really appreciate that and then she just goes and punches him right in the groin Um, so it's just it's really funny although you do have to wonder if that's why he loses
0: You know, like he
1: loses that fight because he like is holding back, Mm -mm. you know, because of that, like super Boy Scout, you know, mantra and being a hero and and being a superhero for Deadpool. He really, really wants Deadpool to be a superhero. Um, And uh, so it just he's a great foil to Deadpool, you know, like this almost uber like super preachy yeah. like doesn't make a bad decision i mean at one point he gives Negasonic teenage warhead a granola bar because breakfast is the most uh, important meal of the day
0: yeah they really go overboard with over the top with
1: yeah. him um but i just love that that was like the most well-known marvel character they could get the rights to <laughs> to put in the movie mm-hmm. um so uh it it, it was a good it's a good fight scene, and I just really like the way that they did it. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So my second thing, and this was kind of tough for me to include this, because apparently he's a, a real-life problematic person mm-hmm. now, but I really do enjoy Ryan Reynolds and T.J. Miller uh, together in this movie when their characters are talking. Yeah. that's really, It never fails to make me laugh. They're back and forth between wade and weasel uh it's always it's very quick it's very clever uh, it's always very funny it's surely you know was largely i'm sure improvised Mm -hmm. or if not they just you know they probably spent you know you know time off camera just coming up with different ideas and writing them all down and probably filmed who knows how many right you know uh but just uh you know it gets a little dark sometimes you know um like when when he come, when Wade comes back after he's been experimented on and is, and he's all deformed, right? You know, <laughs> you are haunting. You are going to die alone. You know, it just gets really weird, but still, always makes me laugh every time I hear it. And they're talking about how, like, his plan for revenge. He's like, yes, you could carry out your revenge plan in a mask, a thick mask. <laughs> I don't know, just. The, the dialogue that they came up with for those two guys always makes me laugh when I watch this movie, especially, I think, my favorite line when uh, they're gathering up all the firearms they could find for the final battle, and Weasel's helping him out, finding, putting, putting together a bag of guns, and he goes, Wade, I'd come with you, but I don't want to. Right. <laughs> Just the simple, you know, that looks dangerous, so I don't want to go you know mm. instead of instead of something else just the very honest but I don't want it it yeah. makes me laugh it's very simple but it just makes me laugh every time
1: mm-hmm. yeah it definitely you know i definitely i think the first time i saw it i enjoyed it as well made me laugh i definitely have a slightly different perspective on it now and so it's it's less humorous <laughs> mm-hmm. you know he's a less Great character for me now. I don't know, but um, but yeah, the first time I saw it, I definitely thought that was funny. So not not that particular scene where they're going back and forth over how ugly he is. Uh-huh. That one got goes a little too long for me. Uh-huh. But everything else between uh, Weasel and Wade is pretty funny, yeah. and I love that. So, um, all right, my number three, um, is. Negasonic Teenage
0: Warhead. She almost made my list, too. It was very close. Yeah.
1: She's great. I just think, um, you know, what is the only thing that is going to stand up to the Merc with a Mouth? Um, A teenage girl. (laughs) Honestly, that really is the best argument um so what is it brianna hildebrand does it she's she's funny um i just love the whole like when she introduces herself and he's you know like who is it your sidekick and negasonic teenage warhead and he's just like that is the coolest name ever like he's so Uh excited and a little bit later you know she says something to him and he's like I can't even remember what he says, but, like, in the midst of his sentence, he's like, can we trade names? Like, he just likes her name so much better. And she, uh... But she just... She holds her own with him. Yeah, she does. And... Uh, and it's just so funny, you know, especially near the beginning where he's like, I'm a teenage girl. You know, the only things that I like are long, silent silences followed by like mean comments yeah. followed by more sullen si- silences. So what's it going to be? And her only response is, you got me in a box here. Like she can't come up with <laughs> something else. Um, she refers to him like, hey, douche du- pool. Douche pool
0: is a great line. A douche
1: pool is a great line. Um, and then he makes an aliens reference like Ripley. Yeah. That's and right. She's just got a fuck year old, <laughs> you know? So I, I really appreciated like that. They, they had a good, um, they had somebody else who could hold their own yeah. with Wade, mm-hmm. you know, like he gets the better of Colossus. Who's just frustrated with him. Um, you had, he, he, uh, Kind of, I mean, he has a a weird relationship with Blind Al, um, but like she's the only one who just like pushes back Mm -hmm. on him and they come up with a grudging respect, you know? Um, So I'm excited to see what they do with her in Deadpool 2 because she's in it. I don't know how long of a, um, how big of a role she has or how long she'll be in it, but she's there and she's clearly fighting. So I'm excited to see. That interplay continue.
0: Yeah. Watching it this time around, the the sequence where he first meets her up on the the freeway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I kind of had and I something I thought of I never really thought about before because he kind of he eventually kind of wins her over, right? Right? She starts laughing, you know, at him and smiling. While, but it happens when he is trying to fight Colossus. Right. And she's right. just watching him break every bone. Which, and that is the only outcome that could happen. Right. I mean, <laughs> he has to know that. So watching it this time, I almost wonder is if at some point, maybe he's just, is he doing it for her benefit? Because he can hear her laughing. So that's why I'm going to continue to break my limbs against Colossus's body. No,
1: I definitely thought he was absolutely pissed off that he has spent what, the last year just trying to find this guy and he finally gets him and he's got him pinned and because Colossus is trying to like talk him into being a hero. um,
0: The bad guy got away. The
1: bad guy gets away and he's just so like, are you kidding me? Like, he slipped through my fingers and it's all your fault. But I do like it at the end, you know, where she's like, "Eh, you're cool. You know?
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm glad they changed her from the comics. Yeah. They like gave her like a a power that's useful, right? And, you know, and is fun to see. It's like she's a Grant Morrison creation, which I mean, he gives character, he does that. He gives characters like a and a cool name like that, but then like a power that's almost you know useless. But well,
1: it, I think she's like, isn't she psychic or something, something like, like that? Something like that, yeah. Um, so precognition, and she's a telepath. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's kind of a cool. but then power. why do you
0: give her a name like Negasonic Teenage Warhead if that's her power?
1: Oh no no I'm not saying that like they match. I'm just saying right. te- being a telepath is kind of cool yeah but no I like her powers in uh, in the movie in the movie so much better yeah. and I like that they were like you know what what powers really go with that name? And they create right. these powers, and then we're like, "What do you mean yeah. she doesn't have those powers?"
0: Right? It's like well, that name, we can have a lot of fun with that named character, but we're going to do something else, ability-wise, for sure. <clears throat> All right. So for my last one, uh, we've been talking about the big uh, action sequence on the freeway uh, for for a bit. Oh, settle down. Speaking of action sequences very excited.
1: Yes. Apparently, there may have been somebody else at the door.
0: <sighs> or not. Or not. Um, so the big action sequence on the freeway, you know, it's broken up across a big chunk of the movie. So I'm going to pick one of those chunks.- mm-hmm. and it's the one where he they kind of do the thing where they count down the number of bullets he has. Yeah, you know, as for the, all the, the, to take out the bad guys. Uh, it's it's pretty clever you know and pretty funny and uh also pretty graphic yes so it definitely at this point lets you know what uh style of cinematic violence and uh and blood you're in for yeah you know and it really lets you know that yeah this is rate this movie's gonna be rated R for a re- R for a reason this is
1: the movie that like every every person we knew who had teenagers that were between the ages of like 12 and 16 were like i'm gonna take my kid to see this and then Uh, get to this scene and are like i made a horrible mistake and i'm a terrible parent
0: uh, oh i've got a story about in that vein that i'll tell it a little bit later um but yeah, the you know how he counts down the different bullets that he uses to try to kill everybody. You know, the action is really good. I think they, mu- I think when he's like running around and jumping over, they must have got like a parkour guy or something to put in the suit. It's <laughs> really good. Um, and then he does, you know, when they, um the when he gets shot through the arm and you can, he looks through his the hole through his forearm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a pretty cool effect.
1: That's the first time you really get to see like, oh, he has healing ability. The healing
0: factor, yeah. And then uh, you know he takes another bullet, uh, you know, and then that he takes a bullet in the butt. I mean, mm-hmm. After he kills that guy, he walks up to that guy and puts another couple in him. Right. And you know I mean, he's like, but he only has twelve bullets or whatever. And he goes, oh, I'm so stupid. Worth it.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that that part where they're kind of they're ca- and plus like the visual of they'll show like like the the casing of the bullet will fly towards the camera and show what number it is. It right. is and how many he has left. That's pretty clever. So yeah that 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 part of that very stretched out action sequence I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say is my third one because I thought it was pretty clever, and it's always really fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I think I it is a good opening sequence and that bullet and and it's good to see because again, in that initial like concept video they do the whole, like, you know, he he sticks his hands out, like, wait, you know. Um, And so it was funny, I think, for lots of fans to see that sequence in the movie Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, this is going to be good. And yet it's so totally unexpected, you know. Yeah. And And, And I like that they acknowledge it, where he's like, Where he finally gets out his swords and like stabs the mutant, and then they have the the pause, and he's like, "Wait a minute, my boyfriend said this was going to be a romance novel (laughs) or a romance story."
0: Yeah. Well, they did because they they did release it on like on the weekend of Valentine's Day. They They did back in 2016, and I like how that's where that sequence kind of ends. He goes, "Well, well, technically, yes, this is a murder," you know, (laughs) he's like impaling the guy on the swords, you know, and then that's when it flashes back again. You know to the start of you know of wade wilson prior to being deadpool and kind well
1: of i think that's the first flashback isn't it i mean the, well the first flashback is the um, to the cab ride the cab ride the right but this is like the first real flashback where you get to meet wade right. wilson
0: right so all right so that's three apiece mm-hmm. uh and this is the part where you talk about anything we didn't like about the movie
1: um I mean, I think I've already kind of mentioned that, like, watching it again, T.J. Miller has lost his uh, luster, you know, in terms of somebody that I'm like, oh, he's great. I want to see more of him. Right. So, but that's something that just happens, you that know. happens,
0: you know, in real life outside of the, the right. movie.
1: Um, but ultimately, I mean, I think this movie is pretty solid. Oh, yeah. For you sure. know, I think it doesn't necessarily subscribe to a lot of typical, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say superhero tropes because, you know, it kind of does. There is. It is a it,
0: fairly, it, when you break it down, it's fairly basic origin story.
1: Right. Um, and a rescue the girl. Yeah. Um, but they do it in such a creative way that you kind of have to get to the end and be like, oh yeah, I guess that was an origin story, wasn't it? You know, like, mm-hmm. because it's done pretty well yeah um i have to say that ed screen who plays francis also known as ajax is hilarious um he's a great villain um
0: yeah that's one of my unfavorite things is that they don't give him and i wish they gave him more they wish they would have given ajax more of a backstory right they would have given him more because i really do like that actor ed scrying or as i like to call him the good dario from game of thrones Oh, he what? That's right. He was the first Dario, sexy Dario. He
1: was the yes, he was the best Dario. Um, is it Scrine or Screen? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think it's know. I
0: think it's Scrine, but I'm not positive.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So I think he is great, and so um, I just thought he he was very entertaining to watch. It's, um, although his obsession with uh, you know the the question, "What's my name?" like somehow. Like, I'm I'm not quite fully sure, like, why that's such a big thing for him. Like, right. he really wants Deadpool just to call him Ajax.
0: Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's all essentially, like, they put it into the plot to set up the joke where he spells out Francis with all the dead bodies.
1: Well, yeah. Or it's kind of like, well, what are we going to do with it? Or, I mean, it yeah. starts out as a good joke. Like, right. Ajax is definitely a, a made-up name. What's your real name? type of thing so that part's good um, and funny but then it's the consistent like what's my name what's my name type of thing where it's kind of like does it really matter is that what's important to you like if he just said oh your name is Ajax are you guys going to go your separate ways like I don't know
0: okay
1: so but but the actor is great so I really enjoyed
0: it yeah well, I'm surprised you didn't mention um, there's the the montage sequence where Wade and Vanessa <laughs> are having sex you know yes. at various holidays throughout the year, except for when they have, except for Lent. Right. Uh, Though the, the the Thanksgiving one. Is just gross. Yeah. That's, I mean, I can take all the headshots and blood splatter, uh, carnage, but the uh, sex with being food smeared around is horrifying. And unsanitary. And, uh uh i hate i hate that little uh um let's see oh yeah uh, and another thing about the ed about ajax and the final throwdown kind of between deadpool and ajax it's it's just okay it's nothing special except well i mean except when the cartoon animals come out after you get stabbed in the head because okay. that's kind of that's pretty unexpected that's a pretty ballsy move on their part <laughs>
1: yes yes it is uh
0: but the action stuff is is just all right um also just uh i don't like how they decide to make or explain or not really explain why deadpool is so deformed Mm -hmm. like you know um you know if he has a healing factor why doesn't it heal his skin right uh you know in the comics it's um because you know he has cancer and he gets the he- the healing factor can't determine between his regular cells and the cancer cells. It doesn't know because right. it, the cancer existed before the healing factor got there, and so it's continually trying to uh, you know keep his can trying to fight his cancer and blow it out. You know, turn it up to a thousand Right. because it can't tell the difference. That's how it's explained in the comics, and that may- might be changed to you because they've changed so many things about Deadpool the comic universe. But when I first started reading him that's how they explained it.
1: Mhm.
0: Um so yeah, I didn't like that they didn't the kind of lack of explanation about yeah. that sort of stuff with the experimentation and uh yeah. That's that's what I think about kind of the last thing that I'll say I didn't care for. Hmm. Um but uh, the story I mentioned earlier, we were talking about, there's lots of stories, I think, when this movie first came out about people taking their kids to see it because right. hey, it's a superhero movie. And apparently I don't do the most basic of research before I take my children into a movie theater.
1: Like pay attention that it is Right. rated R.
0: So uh, my brother-in-law, Rich, texts me, I think, I believe it was the day after you and I saw it with our friends in Redmond. And he says, uh, so we're thinking about taking Nicole, which is my niece, who at the time was 16, um, I'm pretty sure, something like that. Teenager. Def- um, you know, She's just graduating from high school this year, so this is two years ago. So say 16, 15, 16. Thinking about taking Nicole to see Deadpool. Good idea, question mark. And this is all via text message. So I text him back, assuming that he is joking. I figure that he is... Being sarcastic because we had posted pictures on Facebook, of being on this big like group outing with some friends, seeing the movie. So I write him back and say, "Oh yeah, sure, of course, great idea, good idea. That's a great idea." Assuming that he's kidding, so I'm just kidding back. Yeah, the the
1: this is one of those massive things where again, inflection does not go through text messages, does it?
0: Well, and but the next thing I know is like one of them scrolling through my phone and. There's a picture of my sister, my brother-in-law, and Nicole, all three of them together, in a movie theater, about ready to see Deadpool. And I was like, oh, 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 no. And it was about two hours later, I saw a post from my sister that just said, best parent ever. Or not. <laughs> or I'm, the
1: other that, side. That was,
0: that, I'm sure that one was intended to be sarcastic. <laughs> so, um,
1: while you were telling that story, I looked it up. We were both wrong what's that it is screen
0: screen okay so now we know now we know all right well i think that is it then for uh the first deadpool i know deadpool the first deadpool i'm really looking forward to the second one lots more uh stuff pulled from the comics Mm -hmm. looks pretty crazy
1: and we get to see cable
0: cable looks really good yeah so josh
1: brolin twice We'll get to see him twice in two weeks. Two weeks.
0: I know. That'll be interesting to see. And interesting to see the other little characters that they've pulled. Right. You know, really deep cuts from the Marvel, universe, Marvel comics. It'll be interesting to see how much they get used and, mm-hmm. and everything. And I've heard that there's a couple different post-credit scenes. One of them, the best ever.
1: I don't know. The best ever? Seems like a pretty high bar. That's
0: what I know. So
1: I I am not going to go in with the expectation that I'm going to see the best ever post-credit scene.
0: Yeah. Can I make a post-credit scene prediction? No. All right. Okay. You you can make your prediction. My post-credit scene prediction, since everyone's saying best post-credit scene ever, Hugh Jackman. They're going to put Hugh Jackman in one of these post credit scenes. Maybe, I don't know that he's going to be Wolverine. Maybe he will just be playing himself. Either way.
1: Okay. We'll find out. That's my prediction. You've made your prediction. I've
0: based that as totally a guess. I've read nothing hinting at anything. I promise. So if I'm right, it's a straight-up guess. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week to find out that I'm right about that. Or not. Listen either way.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh,
0: do. You can listen to us on uh, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and uh, or subscribe to us in most uh, podcasting apps. If you have an Android device, uh, subscribe to us there. Uh, give us a rating through Apple or SoundCloud. It's a few people like uh, like us on SoundCloud. We get notifications about that. That's pretty cool. Or if you want to email the podcast, ask us a question or tell us what you thought about any of our movies. Give us a beer to try for a future podcast that all be great you can reach us at ddk podcasting at gmail.com yeah so i guess that's it for this week and until next week when we get to talk about uh deadpool number two
1: go see a movie
0: thank you everyone